You're listening to The Bridge Metro West, located at 7 Strathmore Road in Natick, Massachusetts. For more information about The Bridge Metro West, our weekly Sunday gatherings, and other events, go to www.bridgemetrowest.com. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 91. And as you're turning there, I just want to let you guys know, those of you who are here, those of you who are watching online, that immediately following the service today, we have ministry rooms available. Uh, if you're in-house, you're going to just sign up in the corner, but online, you'll go to bridgemetrowest.com forward slash ministry rooms. Today, we've got our prayer teams. We also have Elijah House team, so we can plug you into that. It's about an hour-long process. Like, if you just got a blockage in your life, um, and there's an area in your life where you just don't feel like you're breaking through, you're still stuck in the same kind of crazy cycle, um, this is a deeper form of prayer ministry. We really ask Holy Spirit, man, what's going on? Uh, we, we, there's some interaction and we go deep in prayer and really we just want to apply the blood of Christ and activate that in your life so that you're not stuck in the same space. See, he, he's in the business of transforming us from one level of glory to another level of glory. Sometimes we get stuck in two. And we're, we're, we're at this plateau and we just can't seem to break beyond our history. But God is not interested in your history. He's got a word that he's spoken over you. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And so we just, sometimes he uses people to help people get to the finish line. Just to see the end of the race so that you're not so stuck in the circumstances of the day. And that's what we do with Elijah House, among many other things. And we've got a great, uh, great teams that are ready for you. And, uh, and so it's going to be awesome. And yeah. So I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm getting old or what, but I, I'm starting another series I'm just getting in this whole series flow. I mean, Jeremy's been begging for, for this for eight years, and now I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm, I'm actually doing it with some intention. And I really began to ask the Lord as we were coming to the end of John 17, you know, what, what is it that he, that he wanted to, to talk about? And this whole idea, it, he really brought me back to the very first message that I ever preached in a, on a Sunday morning service, at least that I can recall. I, I'd done some, some little conferences and some youth events and things like that, but on a Sunday morning, the first message that I remember preaching, and I, I, you know, uh, Mike Jandro was there for that and uh, some others who would be, uh, might be watching, but the title was Humility, Timidity, and Boldness. And at the core of that, as I was just kind of thinking of that this, this, uh, the last couple weeks anyway, the the Lord began to speak to me about this issue of confidence. And there's a lot said about confidence on uh, the earth today, particularly in culture. There's a lot said about uh, self-esteem and self-confidence. And while I think there is some value to that, the confidence that we have in self will always surrender to the confidence that we have in God. You can convince yourself that 
you are able to do above and beyond anything that you could ever ask or think. But the reality is he is the only one that can do above and beyond anything that we could ever ask or think. The intellect is a powerful thing. We can convince ourselves with the power of the intellect or even what um, Watchman Nee called the latent power of the soul. We can convince our, ourselves and create a reality around ourselves with the power of the mind, but that doesn't make it real. Because what is real is eternal. There is a reality that, it, that supersedes the moment. And when we can find that place and that space, which we are all called to, we are all invited to, then we have this confidence that is unshakable, even in times of trouble. Now, I like to be clever. I like to be different. I like to be creative. And so I have to say that I was a little disappointed this week when I because I, do, I don't do this all the time, but every once in a while, you know, if I'm, if I'm going in a theme, I'll Google like the title that I have because I think I'm so amazing. And then I found like 85,000 messages and message series on confidence. And then I was like, Lord, I can't preach on that because everybody else has already done it. But he's not so interested in me feeling cool about myself. It, you know, I mean, I, I, did, I did a series on sacred community. I didn't find anything on that. I did a series on spirit of belonging. I didn't, I didn't find anything about that. So now I'm doing confidence. I mean, I'm, I'm on the cutting edge of what God is doing. And so are 35,000 other people. And I know probably a bunch of you have like Psalm 91 magnets on your fridge or whatever. I mean, I, we had a Christian bookstore. I saw all the plaques and we sold all these. Psalm 91 was a big one. It's a big seller. If only we'd believe it. So I want to read Psalm 91. I'm going to read the whole thing, I think. But I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation today. Might dip into the New American Standard after that or the ESV a little bit, but let's just go ahead and read this and declare this. It's going to be different than your translation, so just follow along the best that you can. Psalm 91 the Passion Translation says this, when you abide under the, sha the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. 
How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? Sila. I added the Sila. It's not in the text. Verse 11. God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have loved me, because you delighted in me and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Somebody say amen. Psalm 91, 1 in the New American Standard says, and you'll be more familiar with this, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Last year, Deb Raleigh and I, we went to California in September. It was our first trip. I had a, the end of the month, uh, end of September, I had a, a meeting in Bakersfield with, with our, our brother, Tony Kim, my Asian twin, and our Roar Collective, which is a, a collective of leaders from around the world, mostly younger than me. I'm getting to that place. I'm like, the, the average is getting down there. I, mean, I know I look young. In my mama's skin. That's right. Mercy agrees with me. So we went, um, we went and we did the meeting and, and as we, we try to do uh, on a yearly basis, the Kims and, and my family, we, we do a little vacation together. Now, the last time we did a vacation together, we, we went to Hawaii in a hurricane. I mean, I just went to Dallas and they had a massive storm that took out like water and power from like Dallas to Houston to Austin. It's just becoming normal. And anyway, so we, we decided we were going to go to San Diego, which San Diego is beautiful. I love, I, if I were going to go like live anywhere in California, it would be San Diego. Now, I don't really want to live anywhere in California because I just don't. But, um, but if I were going to, San Diego would be cool. It's sort of chill. People are, are a little more relaxed. It's, it's not LA. It's warm. There's palm trees. It doesn't rain a lot. You know, I, I can see myself existing in a place like that. And they have a big zoo. My sister, my other sister was born, I think, in San Diego. We used to tell her that she was born in the zoo. We were all born in different places because we were a military family. I, I was sort of the tail end of that. And so we decided, now you've got to understand, we're, we're at the zoo in COVID protocol time. Now, San Diego is a little bit different than the rest of California, like Southern, Southern California is different than LA. And of course, Northern California is different than LA. And they had some crazy kind of regulations and, and things going on, just like all of us. But theirs was a little bit different, maybe a little bit more arbitrary than what we've had here. And so we go to the zoo and we got to mask up. 
The problem is it was just about the hottest day of the year in San Diego. Now, we, we, we were in a hotel that had a pool. Yeah, we left the hotel that had a pool to go hang out with like 5,000 animals that pee and poop outside. And when, when the, the heat level is like that, like the air has nowhere to go. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I'm going there. It's been a while since I've given you like, like hardcore bodily function analogies and stories. So I'm not talking about me, but you know what I'm saying. So yeah, we're doing it for the kids, right? The problem is like, we're fairly miserable because it's like 90 plus degrees. There's not much of a breeze. The sun's bearing down on you and you get to the place where you're really not going from animal to animal anymore. You're going from shadow to shadow. And when you step off of the pavement, because now, it, it, you know, you have the San Diego heat. You've got the, the, the heat happening, but you're all, there's pavement everywhere. And so you're walking basically on an iron skillet that's radiating the heat from the sun 5,000 times fold. If my heart was soft like the center of it, like the yolk of an egg, I, I, I was basically hard boiled at that point. There was no softness left in me. We're doing it for the kids. Everybody's miserable, but we're going to the zoo because that's what we do. But you begin to see a picture of life when the heat is on. You're in the midst of your trial. You're in the midst of your struggle. You're in the midst of the onslaught from the enemy, which it may be. I happen to think that most of the onslaughts of life that we endure are ones of our own making. And we give the enemy a lot of credit for our own stupidity. I speak from experience. I'm not being self-deprecating just so I can appear to be relevant from you. I, I can be one of the dumbest people that I know. And yet God chose me. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Yet in the midst of our circumstance he provides a place where we can hide where we can abide under the shadow of the almighty and I remember thinking that all of the stuff around me was exceedingly less important than the bench that was in the shade that was within my field of view. Now I know that I, I don't see that monkey every day and I ought to maybe value what I've never seen, but you get to a point where the heat is so great that all you want to do is find the space of relief. And so I went 
and sat on a bench under the shade. And I didn't really want to leave. But here's the thing. I was not out of the zoo. I was not out of the heat. I was not out of the circumstance. It really wasn't all that bad. I mean, there's cute animals and bears and, you know, we, we did have fun-ish. We'll remember it for a long time. But in the midst of the circumstance, there was a place of safety. There was the shadow. How many people, you know, you've gone out, you've, you've gone somewhere for vacation, maybe in the summer, and it's 90 plus degrees out. And maybe you're a shopper and maybe you're not, but you're going into every single store because they have AC. That's what I'm talking about. Once you find the shade, you're going to want to stay there. Once you find the shadow, you're, you're not going to want to leave. Why? Because when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. And he's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me. He is my great confidence. And once you experience the strength and the safety of this all-consuming presence of God, you will say with confidence, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. See, I like that that, that line is a, you know, a couple of lines down in the passage because it starts with he who hides. It starts with a choice of position in the midst of. That even in the battlefield of your mind, even in the demonic onslaught that I talk about, I mean, yes, spiritual warfare is, is real. And there is a, a level and a place and a space in how we engage in that. But man, I, I see message after message, sermon after sermon, where, where we preach about our devils. And, you know, here's the thing. One-third of the angels fell. That means two-thirds of the angels are still in the kingdom. And so they're already outnumbered. And by the way, if a couple of us get together and start praying, we're going to put 10,000 to flight. That's a, that's a 10,000 to 2 ratio in the battlefield. We're really worried about what the demonic is doing. Why? Because we're not really worried about it. We're using an external force to excuse our internal decisions. And what the word actually says is, hey, you take captive every thought and you make it obedient to the mind of Christ. Don't say, oh, I mean, let's not be like, like Adam and Eve and say, oh, well, the woman made me do it. Oh, no, the snake made me do it. Because all he, the father really wanted to hear was, I did it and I'm sorry. Maybe things would have turned out different. We'll never know.
Maybe this is why Jesus says, unless you become like one of these, unless you become a little child, you cannot inherit the kingdom. Why? Because children are not afraid to find a place of safety. I was, I was about to say, I was here last week. Of course, you all know that. I didn't ask for permission. But I, I love mercy. I mean, I love babies. We should all make more babies. Come on, Debbie. Sarah. It's not too late. I, and I'd be open to having a baby if we could have a nanny. Yeah, I'm always careful what I say. Clearly. But, you know, I've encountered some, some of our babies, you know, here and there. And the thing is, like, you know, we, we were talking about it last week, that our babies are brought up in sort of this weird COVID reality. And so there's not the, uh, the word is socialization that they would normally have. And so maybe I was a little too excited, a little too overly confident last week because I'm so good with babies. And, and I saw I saw a little mercy and maybe I had a little too much post-sermon energy and I greeted exuberantly and she began to cry. I've always been so good with girls. But here's what she did. Before she even cried, because I didn't get the clue, because I'm so good with female cues, she saw me and she hid herself in the legs of her mother. Nothing changed. I didn't go away. I mean, maybe I should have in hindsight. The struggle that was around her was no different. The environment was exactly the same, but she chose to hide herself and abide in the presence of the one that birthed her. Now I'm 49 years old. My mom passed away a couple years ago. My dad's still around. It would be a little weird for me now if I got freaked out in life and I just decided to hide in my dad's legs. <laughs> the peanut gallery here just said it'd be weird for him too. See, you guys, you guys got to start coming back, I'm telling you. I mean, do what you have faith for, but you guys miss a lot of the... Uh, the weirdness. I'm sure you heard Maybell though. Maybell's back. There's a lot of shouting and, and weeping. This is normal stuff. But see, when you, when you get older and you mature, you have a different set of sensibilities. You decide what is decent and orderly. You build your own constructs of how 
what it looks like to behave appropriately that may not quite line up with what God is saying. See, we've decided what decently and orderly looks like in the context of a gathering based on traditional white Anglo-Saxon Protestant sensibilities. But that's not what it looks like to God. I mean, the throne room is one of the craziest places you could ever be. You guys have all heard me talk about this, but look, I mean, I, when somebody says, well, we need to do everything decently and orderly, I just want to read them Revelation 4 right there. You got four living creatures with four heads. They're like, you know, flying around the throne and, and Jesus sits on the throne and there's thunders and lightnings and now you got 24 elders that are hucking their crowns at the, the feet of Jesus and somehow they end up back on, on their heads again. And like, we think it's a responsive reading, like, like, you know, old school church. I don't think it's like that. I think things are blowing up. It was such an, an awe-inspiring experience for John that he fell on his face as though dead. If Revelation 4 would appear in our churches today, we would be emptying churches left and right. I mean, I don't want to undercut us. I don't want to but I underestimate us. But I'm just thinking, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what I would do. I mean, John saw Jesus as he walked the earth, and then he sees him on the throne, and he falls as though dead. I'm not sure I'm going to do any better. But man, it's so what I want. Because when you have that level of revelation, when you have that experience in God, then all of the things that you used to put your confidence in before become irrelevant. Because now you can say, my hope is in you, God. And you might say, well, I'm not, you know, Pastor Paul, I'm really not confident. I don't really have, I don't even know what I have my hope in. Well, we put our, our hope in something. You might be suffering from depression. You might be suffering from anxiety. I mean, in this, this, this time of you know, social distancing, which is a term that I despise. And don't, don't email me because, I, look, I will drop the hammer on you. Like, we've done what is necessary. But COVID is not of God. is not of God. And I'm not talking about policies. I'm not talking about any of that. We are rabid about eradicating the works of darkness off of people's lives. So don't talk to me about what the new normal is. Let me tell you about my new normal kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I don't say that lightly. Because here's what I do know. COVID hasn't touched this house. 
but mental illness has. Emotional struggles have. There's people in this room right now that are dealing with depression, that are dealing with anxiety. Whether it be circumstantial, whether it be biochemical. Guys, sometimes the brain breaks, just like the arm breaks. There's some, sometimes things happen. We want to make everything, you know, just strictly demonic. I, I'm just not there. That's just not me. That's not, I'm not there. Man, I, I grew up in knowing some, some pastors and churches that didn't believe in doctors. Don't ever go to the doctor, you know, until their kid broke an arm and they couldn't fix it. Sometimes we've got to fix some things. But you will know where your hope and your confidence is by what you run to in the midst of trouble. We all go somewhere. We all run to something. God is simply asking, would you put your hope in me? Because I've got a shadow that will hide you. I'm not going to take you out of every circumstance, but I will be with you in the midst of it. So that even though you are in the battle, you don't have to fear. That's what mercy did last week. I was projecting a little too much social energy, which is rare, by the way. But babies, I mean, I didn't, I, you didn't see me, you know, just try to jump on anybody else. But babies, they bring something out of me that's a little abnormal. Y'all the same, y'all the same. We talk to babies like, like we're a baby. She knew that she could be hidden in her mom's strength. When her strength wasn't enough to endure the moment, she knew that there was another that she could attach herself to. There's a father in heaven who is standing for you now and saying, would you hide yourself in me? Because when you do that, you will be able to declare things with confidence that you couldn't declare before. It doesn't say, the word doesn't say that demonic attacks won't ever happen. But it does say, you need not worry. Reminds me, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. It's an old Smith Wigglesworth story. I was mentored by a guy. I was really spiritually fathered by a guy. And you all should be thanking him when you go to heaven. Because just be glad that I'm not the me that I was 20-something years ago. And it was largely because God brought a man into my life in 1994. And I knew him when I was growing up, but I was afraid of him. But he was mentored by a guy named George Stormont who walked and ministered with Smith Wigglesworth. And I got to sit with George Stormont. I didn't even know who I was sitting with. I had no clue. I wish I had known and had valued him the way that I would now. But there's a story where, and I correct me if I'm wrong later, but Smith comes home and he's walking up the stairs and there's a devil. I think sitting on a chair or something. 
in his house. And he doesn't start speaking in tongues and start going, he doesn't do any of that. He just says, oh, it's you. And he goes to bed and he goes to sleep. There's a place of safety. There's a place of knowing. There's a way of living that even in the presence of the enemy, you have no fear. There's such a level of insignificance of influence because your eyes are so fixed on the Son of God, the Sovereign One, the One who is enthroned in majesty and glory and light, that the battle around you, you so understand that the battle belongs to the Lord, that you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you have no fear because you know that He is with you. And you only do what you see him doing because he only did what he saw the Father doing. And so if, he, if you see him addressing that which is before you, then you address it. But if it's bedtime and time to go to sleep, you don't have to fear the night terrors. They may come. The enemy may come. But you need not worry. You, you will fall into life's traps, but he will rescue you. Deadly pestilence may come. It has come. But you need not fear. You will not be afraid of the terror in the night, attacks in the days, trials, tribulations, difficulties. They will come. That's not what Psalm 91 is saying. It's not saying that you are going to live in a, bumble, a bubble beyond the influence of the day of the world and its difficulties. But it's saying that when you are in the shadow of the Almighty, the stuff of the day becomes so less significant. Jesus, perfect theology, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's nailed to a cross. He's bleeding out in his final moments. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because he wasn't fixed on his circumstance. He was hiding himself in the strength of his Father, enduring the cross for the joy set before him you will still be in some difficult circumstances but you will know that you're also above them why because when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai you are hidden in the strength of God most high he's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me the only God for me and my great confidence there is a way of living where you are in the battle but you are not of the battle you are in the battle but not battle worn or battle weary Jesus said my yoke is easy my burden is light you are affecting the outcome of the fight but you are not defined by its difficulty if you are defined by your difficulty, you are excusing your mediocrity. Every time I go into a region, I don't say every time, but so many times I've gone into a region and somebody invariably will say to me, oh, the warfare here is so, it's so hard. It's, man, it, it, the warfare here is just really, really difficult. I'd be like, bro, I'm from Boston. 
The warfare is difficult everywhere. But the greatest warfare that we face is not of the enemy, it's of the mind, because God has given sovereignty to man over their ways of thinking. The enemy said at the beginning, did God really say? That was the grand introduction of liberal theology on the earth, and it's still unfurling today. Yes, God really did say. So we can affect the outcome of the fight, but don't be defined by its difficulty. Be defined by his glory. Pressure is producing perseverance and character. But if we're not positioned in the right place, then sometimes pressure will just produce depression. But when you see through the moment into and through the eternal heart of the Father, then we understand that he's using the moment to produce perseverance and proven character. And on the other side of proven character is an unshakable hope in the promises of God. Why? Because when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. Somebody say confidence. How do you hide? How do you abide? Three simple steps to abiding in God. To package that and make an infomercial. Read the word. We've got a great reading the Bible in a year deal thing happening on Facebook and here at the church, and we're doing little Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff. It's never too late. You're behind, fine, but you still be reading more of the word than you did last year if you start now. Read the word, but also declare it out loud. I mean, for the vast reading that we're doing, like you can just read it. But let me tell you, when you read the word out loud, heaven takes notice at the sound that you release. Try it. Number two, pray in the spirit, but also pray with understanding. Out loud. I'm okay with silent prayer. We can do silent prayer. There's great times of, you know, contemplative prayer and all this stuff. But when you release a sound, heaven takes notice. The angelic that God has assigned to you, man, they begin to cooperate with the sound that comes out of your mouth. Let me tell you that the spirit realm cooperates with the sound that comes out of your mouth. This is why the words that we speak are so important. This is why Paul writes to the church, take captive every thought and make it obedient to the mind of Christ, to the ways of thinking, the ways of operating, the, uh, of the way that God operates. Why? Because he knows that thoughts will turn into words because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And these days, it's not even the spoken word. It's what we do with our thumbs, man, because we, have, we can't ca take captive that thought fast enough before it hits our thumbs and we release something 
something on the interwebs that we might delete a couple minutes later, but let me tell you, it never goes away because somebody screenshot that thing. And when you release that which is within you on the outside of you, some spiritual entity will take notice and begin to co-labor with the things that you say. Because man has authority. You not been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Man, we'll just crash course you and pray. You can sign up for ministry teams and we just want to release the fire of God on you. We can do that online too. BridgeMetroWest.com forward slash ministry rooms. Worship out loud. People that struggle the most, one of the first things that I tell them to do is just clean up your environment, get worship music going and play that thing 24 seven. But take the time to engage with worship and do it out loud. Make it part of your lifestyle. And you know, you might not be musical. If you're home alone, it doesn't really matter. Nobody's listening, so you can do whatever you want. But I'll tell you what, a lot of times I don't, at home, I don't, I don't worship with music, but I speak to the God, you are, are good. God, you are worthy. Jesus, you are seated on a throne. You are at the right hand of the Father. You are the breaker that goes before us. You are the author and the finisher of my faith. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You were there at the beginning and you spoke light into darkness. You, you planted yourself in a dark space and, and the goodness of God began to unfurl in creation. God, you are the author of blessing. You came down and knelt beside a, a clump of clay and you breathed life and blessing and purpose and destiny into mankind and you've reconnected us now to that destiny through your gift of life Jesus Christ I'm so glad that you came and you died and you rose and you released resurrection power on the earth I'm so glad that you tore a veil from top to bottom so that I can have confidence to come boldly before the throne of grace not because of who I am not because I entered into some behavioral modification but because because you paid it all, Jesus. You said it is finished and the ground opened up and the dead rose even in that moment. Crazy stuff happened, God, because there's power in your name. There's power in your face. There's power in the light of your countenance, God. You have a name that is above all names and you are seated high above all principalities and powers and rulers and authorities. God, I could just keep worshiping you day and night and night and day because your word has given me the tools to give you the worship that is due you because you are God. You are all powerful. You are the source of goodness and mercy and peace. And it's still morning, God. And so your mercies are new every morning and your grace is sufficient for me and your love. It endures forever and ever and ever. And all the angels worship you, God. All the 24 elders are casting their crowns before you. And we're all saying, holy, holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Oh, worship his holy name. Oh, and you're waiting for your favorite song. 
that's just a tune-up. The book of Deuteronomy says, this isn't too hard for you. You were made for this. Revised Paul version. But it says that. Where? Read the book. You'll find it. Read the word out loud. Pray out loud. Worship out loud. Daily disciplines increase awareness of his presence. And it decreases the importance of your pressures. But it all starts with a yes. To Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13.5. It's my new favorite passage. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. If it's good enough for Joyce Meyer, it's good enough for me. It's always nice to watch someone who's more cantankerous than I am. It says this, Test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. Examine yourselves, not me. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves by, ongoing, by an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test and are re rejected as a counterfeit? This is a lost art in the church. At least the church in America. But you've always got to couple this with Romans 8.1. There's there now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But test yourselves. Evaluate yourselves. Honest self-assessment to see that you are in the faith. Why? Because Paul is saying it's possible for you to experience what we call in, in corporate America mission drift. If you're not set on mission... If you're not set on purpose over time, your trajectory will take you off center. And before you know it, you are not clinging to the purpose and to the one who birthed you into it the way you once were. So Paul says, test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. Examine yourselves, not me or anyone else. Examine yourself. Or do you not recognize this, recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience? Experiencing Jesus is so important. Let's stand together. If you don't know Jesus, or even in this moment, you're feeling your heart's pounding. There's some, some sensation that's a little foreign to you. The Lord wants to pull you into the shadow of Himself. Why? Because He is all mighty not partially mighty. He's not pretty strong. He's not adequate. He's abundant. 
He's over and above. He is holy. He is truth. But he's made a space for you. As you are today, he has made a space for you. But let me tell you, when you come to him, he's not going to leave you as you are today. You can come just as you are, but you can't leave the way that you came. That's not how this works. I don't care what you think your identity is. He has a new identity for you. And when we come to him, the old stuff dies with Christ on the cross. And the new you rises in him. And seeing as he is the creator of all things and in him all things consist and he upholds all things by the word of his power, I think he has the right to make the rules. But he leads from a law of life and love. And love will not leave you in the state that you come to it. And sometimes healing means you've got to allow him to touch you in the place of your pain. But it's so worth it. Would you come to him today? So we're going to pray a prayer together. And it's just the beginning. And for some of you, it's a re-beginning. A song that our friend Don Potter wrote, I want to be born again, again. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So pray this prayer after me. God, I want to know you. I accept your gift of life to me. I accept Jesus' death and his resurrection from death that reversed the curse of sin and death in my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my way and I turn towards your way. Would you please reveal your love to me now? And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come, Lord, both in this room and within the sound of my voice, wherever and whenever it is heard, God, would you come and release a fresh baptism of your love and a fresh baptism of your fire. Release your fire, God. Release that fire, that full involvement with the Holy Spirit. God, would you bring heavenly languages? Lord, would you bring a confidence and a boldness that was not there before, God? Would you bring and raise up a people who are walking in power and anointing, dripping with the oil of the Spirit, so that when the spark comes, a bonfire is lit and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Lord, would you light us as 
embers, not just embers, but, but burning trees that move about this region, Lord, that move about this nation and the nations, God, that as we set ourselves on fire and you people will come just to watch us burn, God, to burn with passion, burning with love, burning with your fire, your Holy Spirit, your anointing, God, Lord, releasing salvation and healing and deliverance day one, God. Lord, we are now, therefore, your ambassadors, God, and we walk with the kingdom of heaven manifesting within the space of our hands, God. Lord, we are walking agents of the kingdom, taking ground everywhere that we go, and purpose and destiny starts today. Lord, give us this confidence that only comes from hiding ourselves in the shadow of the Almighty, because you are our God, and we are your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, I receive it in Jesus' name. We're going to have the worship. Well, it's pretty late. I don't think we're going to have the worship team play, but I want to do one quick thing, and then I want to close, really close. But we want to take a moment, receive your tithes and offerings, whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give. And I am going to pray again, because I don't think we quite got it yet. But if you're making checks out, you just make them out to the bridge. You can mail them in if you need the address. You can go to our app. You can go to the Bridge Metro West Facebook page. You can go to bridgemetrowest.com. If you guys want to be involved with or engaged with our ministry teams right now, go to bridgemetrowest.com forward slash ministry rooms. You can text one word, Bridge Metro West, to the number 77977. We will send you a secure link where you can give responsibly by credit card or debit card. I thank you for the radical generosity that has hit this house. It's been amazing to be a part of solutions, kingdom solutions and practical solutions here and around the world. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And so we invite you to be a part of that and receive the blessing of giving, the grace of giving. It's a powerful, powerful thing in the kingdom. I'm telling you, man, the, 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 uh, the principle of sowing and reaping is so powerful. So go ahead and do that. And for those of you who are here and those of you who are online, just lift your hands right now. We're just going to take an extra moment here. Holy Spirit, come. Come and breathe right now. Would you bring the weight of your glory and all grace and mercy? Would you step down into this room, the fullness of your presence right now? And Lord, even as we extend our hands to you, God, let the weighty kabod of your presence come. Would you come and breathe? Would you come and move? Would you come with your fire once again? Ignite and reignite. Ignite and reignite. But give us the oil to burn right now.
Come, come, come. Even more, Lord. Even more, Lord. Now you just begin to release your sound in this room. Receive, receive. He's here for you. Receive. He's here for you here online. Wherever you are, just begin to receive. And say it out loud. I receive, Lord. I receive, Lord. I receive. I say yes to you, God. I say yes to you. If all you've got is his name, just say his name. Jesus, Yeshua, the anointed one. Oh, God. Release the fullness of your promise, the seal of the Spirit, the actualization of the living Holy Spirit of God that has come upon us and that is rising up within us right now. Right here, right now. Increase, Lord. Increase, Lord. Increase, Lord. Holy Father, great Creator. We cannot leave this place the way that we came today. I thank you for the ones, Lord, that have committed their lives to you, that have recommitted their lives to you, even in this moment, God. Lord, would you increase? Would you increase now? A little more wind. A little more wind. A little more fire, God. Would you enlighten the eyes of our understanding? Would you set ablaze the eyes of our heart here today, God? Oh, we're leaning in for the one thing. We're leaning in for the one thing. We're leaning in for the one thing. Hey God, would you increase the capacity within us to contain more of you, God? Would you displace that stuff from our vessels, Lord, that have inhibited the free, the, the infilling of your presence, of your oil, of your fire, of your substance, God? Lord, would you increase now? Stretch us out from the inside out, God. Lord, we need more of you. And as you stretch us out from the inside out, God, it, it creates a hunger and you respond to hunger God Lord I know that I need more of you God Lord I know I need more of your fire more of your presence Lord I know I need more of your word in me God Lord that I would not be shaken by the momentary I would not be swayed by momentary afflictions that surely come as we walk this earth but I would be focused my eyes would be set like flint towards your throne because who is like our God if oh my my God is for me. Who can be against me? Oh, it's this fire that ignites my vision and gives me eyes that are like yours. The one whose eyes are aflame with fire, with passion for his bride. God, let my passion meet your passion. Let my passion for you be like your passion for me, God. Lord, let us be locked in a gaze. Let, let us be walked in the ways of your moving and your breathing on the earth today. Lord, come with your glory. Come with your fire. Come with your anointing right now. Lord, tip, tip over the bowls of incense over this place right now. Lord, the prayers that have gone up from the prayer room even today. And Lord, in the days gone by, in the years gone by, in the 15, 16, 17 years gone by, and even before this place was founded, Lord, the intercessors who prayed and wept upon this ground for a move of God that would surely come
come and we've been declaring the about to for so many years. God, about to manifest that thing upon the hearts of sons and daughters in this place and around this region right here, right now. What better time than this? What better time than now for me to say, God, you are my God. I receive, I receive all that which you are pouring out right now, God. Lord, my troubles seem so small in the light of your glory and of your grace. God, teach us what it is to be participators in the divine nature. God, with your fire, with your glory, Jesus, worthy are you to receive glory and honor and power and riches and dominion and strength we ascribe to you, King of kings and Lord of lords. Kelly, can I ask you to close with that song one more time? You are awesome in this place. Come on, let's just lean into this thing. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy. Sing it again, sing it out. You are awesome. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, I'm a father. You are worthy of all praise to you. you, keep and guard you. May he make the light of his face shine upon you as a father beams with pride over his infant child. And he's bestowing upon you right now robes of shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, an intact favorable circumstance of living. It's the blessing that comes from the Father. And he's giving you a peace that is beyond the intellectual capacity to comprehend so that we can go from this place robed in royalty and displaying the kingdom of heaven which is at hand. So I speak blessing, blessing, blessing in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit who is holy. So be it. 
Thank you for listening to this message from the Bridge Metro West in Natick, Massachusetts. Paul David Gidry is the senior pastor at the Bridge. For more information about the Bridge Metro West family, our gatherings and events, visit www.bridgemetrowest.com or call us at 508-651-0277.